In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Well, today marks a new year with the first Sunday in the liturgical calendar of Advent and the long-term, what somewhat slow nature of the Trinity season has come to an end. And in this new year, we are confronted straightway with a sense of urgency. Urgency because our Lord returns. It is time to get up out of bed. As St. Paul writes, now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now our salvation is dearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. And the primary theme that we are confronted with in this season of urgency is exile. As we, as the church, through our readings, through our hymns and prayers, consciously enter into the ancient longing of the people of Israel, looking for God to regather the dispersed tribes, to bring them out of Babylonian exile and back into their land. This is why, as one might ask, we read the Palm Sunday Gospel today, which quotes from Zechariah 9, Tell the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. So during Advent, we simultaneously enter into this longing of the people of Israel as we await the birth of the Messiah at Christmas Day, Jesus' first Advent. But then we are also mindful of and we recognize our own current state of exile. And we look ahead and we long for Jesus' second Advent, whose hour the Father only knows when he will come again to judge the world in righteousness. And because this season focuses on exile and it focuses on return, it is often a time in which we as a church speak about eschatology, which simply means the study of the last things. There's a tradition to designate a particular theme for each of the four Sundays in Advent. It's kind of funny. Nowadays, you hear things like one of the Sundays is for hope, another is for peace, another is for joy. I think it's because the traditional way seems a lot more bleak, and that is the four Sundays of Advent are designated for death, judgment, heaven, and hell. Now, that's not my plan specifically, but the general sense of Advent, of exile and longing, do push us to confront these eschatological realities. So for this, the first Sunday of Advent, we could say that part of the message today is memento mori. Remember your death. Remember that you are going to die and you don't know when. That's not intended to be morbid or fear-inducing. Rather, it's simply to live in reality. So much of what we do seems to be a running away from the reality of our mortality. But living life in view of the reality of our mortality and the fleeting nature of life, I think it reorients us. And it forces us to reorder and to look beyond this life to the life of the world to come when our Lord returns. So there's a lot of ink spilled in this conversation about the end times, about eschatology. But I think it can be boiled down simply to this. We are going to die. Our Lord is going to return. So therefore, 
We need to make sure that our house is in order and everything is ready for him when he comes. So both in preparing for our Lord's first and second advents, in the midst of the cultural frenzy of this holiday season, the church exhorts us to take a step back, to slow down, and to view essentially the month of December rather as a period of spiritual preparation. You know, I personally feel like the tension between, let's, let's call it the civil calendar and the church calendar is at its height in the month of December, where our culture has already begun to celebrate Christmas and the church comes in and says, no, wait a little bit, uh, wait until Christmas Eve and then celebrate Christmas for 12 days through January 5th. I'd exhort you to do that, at least to try it if you haven't done it before. There's a lot of value in it, and it's a practice then that you will grow in and experience the goodness of over the years. But at the same time, and I mean this sincerely, who am I to judge? Who am I to tell you what to do? I think however you choose to handle this, I would still really encourage you to think about some form of fasting, some form of spiritual discipline during this season. At the very least, having in mind some sense of, some sense of spiritual preparation as we look then for our Lord's Advent. So it seems then that naturally the question becomes, well, how? How, how does one prepare? How do we prepare for the final day? How do we re- prepare for the return of our Lord? Whenever that might be, what does spiritual preparation actually look like? Well, as it turns out, our Lord himself has a lot to say on this matter towards the end of what's referred to as the Olivet Discourse in Matthew chapters 24 and 25. And there are several parables he tells. Uh, Kind of a side note, I would encourage you to take the five minutes to read those two chapters. Um, It will be well worth your time. But just to focus here today on one of those parables for now, the parable of the faithful and evil servant. Jesus says, Who then is a faithful and wise servant whom his master may rule over his household to give them food in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his master, when he returns, will find so doing. Assuredly, I say to you that he will make him ruler over all his goods. But if that evil servant says in his heart, my master is delaying his coming, and begins to beat his fellow servants and to eat and drink with the drunkards, then the master of that servant will come on a day when he is not looking and at an hour that he is not aware of and will cut him in two and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So what do we learn here? Well, here we're given an image, a simple image of preparation versus unpreparation. Remember that neither servant knew when the master would return, but they both, in light of that, behaved very differently. For the faithful servant, his lack of knowing the hour of his master's return becomes a moot point, because he is living life in such a way that he is ready at any time, precisely because he is living faithfully. The second servant, on the other hand, chose to neglect this. He chose to neglect his calling and thus was caught unawares when his master returned. So we see here that preparation 
doesn't look like anxiously trying to calculate the day. Actually, neither slave does this. And remember, only the father knows the hour. But preparation also doesn't look like living anxiously and in fear of the master's return, as some are wont to do. Rather, preparation for the advent of our Lord looks like faithfulness. It looks like faithful stewardship with what the Lord has entrusted to us. It looks like continuing on daily and persevering in what the Lord has called us to do, no matter what the circumstances are. I guess in a way we could say that preparation looks like ordinary, simple, faithfulness, and good works. If we choose to live this way, then there is no need to fear. There's no need to be worried about the when. It's only when we choose to be unfaithful, to neglect, to be irresponsible. These are the ones who need to fear, but ironically, they're the ones who don't care. And thus, the ones who merit for themselves the due punishment on that day of the Master's arrival. In the collect appointed for Advent to be prayed for day or to be prayed daily throughout this season, we ask, Almighty God, give us grace that we may cast away the works of darkness and put upon us the armor of light. That is, the point is that faithfulness, this kind of daily, ordinary faithfulness and good works, requires God's grace. This is why this petition for God's grace is both a daily ask as well as the very first thing we ask for in this season of spiritual preparation. And then we ask God to assist us in putting upon us the armor of light. So this comes directly from our epistle this morning. And it's helpful because even though the focus of Advent is future-oriented, we look ahead to Jesus' return, our, our epistle exhorts us to remember that which is present and accessible to us now. That is, we have access to this armor. We have access to these weapons of light now. We don't have to wait for the kingdom to arrive to live in its fullness. We can presently live in the light in the midst of the darkness around us. This is done by putting on the Lord Jesus, which for Paul here is a baptismal reference, wherein we renounce the works of darkness, the works of of the devil, and we put on the armor of our Lord, and we promise to manfully fight under his banner and to continue a faithful soldier until our life's end. All of this grace is accessible to us now. So as so to close here as we begin this Advent season, may we all take some time to think about what spiritual preparation might look like for us in these next few weeks. May we be reminded of the reality that our Lord is returning. And may we be spurred on simply to daily, ordinary, unexcited faithfulness. Not seeing our Lord's delay as an, and as, as an occasion for neglect, to neglect what God has due, but rather faithfully persevering in that which he has entrusted to us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.